Well, welcome to the Hills Church at Home. Uh, I trust you had a great Thanksgiving. However you celebrated, the most important part was not the meal. Uh, the most important part was giving thanks to the Lord. Well, again, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can download today's message notes. You can also down the kids activity sheet. From our website, you can also keep up on all of the dates, especially those upcoming here in December, to stay in tune with. Well, my title today is God is Never Silent. God is Never Silent. Let me start with this one verse out of the ministry of Elijah, but we pick it up in 1 Kings chapter 19, and it's verse 11 and 12. Listen to this. Then he said, this is talking about God. Go out to Elijah, he's saying, go out, stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rock in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in an earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a still, small voice. Lord, we pray today as we look into your words that we remember this, that God is not silent. You are never silent. You are always a speaking God, and yet we see it very clearly here that you spoke in this setting in a still, small voice voice. And I pray today that we're open to hear your voice in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when we read this, in fact, again, I'm in Southern California, wind, rocks, earthquake, and a fire sounds very familiar. But we read that verse, and remember, the Lord passes by, and the strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks into pieces, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in an earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. You know, it's all of those things that that's how Elijah probably thought God was speaking, but he was speaking to him in a still, small voice. I want you to think about that today. You know, in our world, we, we naturally have the capability to know what is taking place anywhere at the world in a moment of time, simply on our phone. If we look at the noise of the world, it is like a wind. It is like rocks, earthquake. It is like fire. It's loud. It's always grabbing our attention. In fact, I hope that every morning when you get up, that the first thing that you do not do is grab your phone and click on some app to find out what potentially you missed. It's important that the first thing that you do in the morning, like A.W. Tozer says, is push back all of those chasing wild animals and tune into that voice, that still, small voice. All of the noise that was going on with Elijah, all of what could have grabbed his attention, what he could have focused on, wind he could feel, the shaking of the ground, rocks, the heat of the fire. The Lord was not in that. The Lord was in the still, small voice, listening to that small voice. 
You know, I heard this phrase, in fact, where I had come up with this title, God is not silent. At the end of the book of Malachi, that last book that's in the Old Testament, and then beginning in the Gospels, especially when they begin to foretell about Jesus's birth, I've heard this statement over the years. In fact, it's always been this, that they call this the 400 years of silence. There was no written word. There was no prophet prophesying. It was 400 years of silence. But I want you to know this today, that God is always active. He's always speaking. He's always involved. He's always fulfilling his word. Even when he's not having the prophets write about it, what is recorded in the Bible is enough for us to live by. We need neither more or less. What he has said and how he is moving is what he is like. His apparent silence throughout most of history is not because God is absent, inactive, or disinterested, but it simply takes the eyes of faith to see what God and where God is at work, even when we didn't have somebody else speak about it or write about it. Remember this, we read in Genesis chapter 3 that there's already a plan to have Jesus, his son, come. We know that in Revelation, it says the Lamb of God was slain before the foundations of the world. He already had a plan. God is a speaking God. God is an active God. God is not disinterested. In fact, that last verse in Malachi becomes so interesting, though, when we go into the New Testament. In fact, it says this in Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Now we know in the end times, we know that there are two witnesses and we have a very good indication that one is Elijah. But notice what it says Elijah is going to do. He's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Now that's right at the end of the last book there, in the Old Testament. Now, even if we say there's 400 years of silence, well, notice what comes to pass in Luke chapter 1, verse 17. This is where the angel speaks to Zacharias and then Elizabeth that they're going to have a son. Now, this is before Mary and Joseph were spoken to about Jesus. In fact, they're speaking about John the Baptist. And this is what the angel says about John the Baptist in Luke 1.17. He will also go before him, this was talking about Jesus, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Interesting. The very last thing mentioned in the book of Malachi is one of the first things that is mentioned in the book of Luke, because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. 
In fact, what would come upon John the Baptist would be that very thing. He was going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make the people ready. Remember, John the the Baptist, his whole mission was to prepare the way of the Lord, to prepare the way of the Lord. In fact, we read this in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth. So six months after this event, Now the angel Gabriel goes with the message to Mary and then the dream to Joseph. You know, there's a verse, you can read this in Luke chapter 1. It's very powerful when Zacharias does not believe, does not believe that these old people can have a a baby. And the angel says this something that's so profound. And he says, I stand in the very presence of God. Who are you to doubt? the message that I bring from God. You know, I wonder when angels look at us and they have stood in the very presence of God, they are messengers sent forth to fulfill his words that are spoken out to. They look at us and shake their head and wonder, what are these people doing? Don't they believe? I stand in the presence of God. I see and hear and I know what battles are taking place. Don't they believe? The angel has this message, and again, it it goes back to that root of the struggle to have faith in what God says, even when it looks so, so impossible, because what he does is he takes the foolish things of the world, right, and he will confound the wise. He will confound the wise. You know, read later in Luke chapter 1. It's a powerful story of of God's redemptive work now offered to mankind through the one that would prepare the way for Jesus who would come, who would speak on behalf of God. He would do miracles because the Father told him to do it. And he would ultimately lay down his life. In fact, he was given the opportunity, no man lays my life down. In fact, the Father gave him that authority to lay down his own life. You know, I read this uh, verse this week, and this is the one that I kept going back to and going back to. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. And Isaiah says this, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he neither faints nor is weary in his understanding, is unsearchable. Have you not known? Have you not heard? You're like, where have you been? Don't you know these things? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he neither faints nor is weary, and his understanding is unsearchable. A God who is never silent, a God who speaks, Don't you know these things? Have you not heard? You know, I think it's so important these days when um, our social media begs our time, where television begs our time, where everything goes after our time, that our time needs to be in hearing the words of the Lord. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Not heard these things? 
I'm always amazed when I talk to especially Christians and they, I, I never heard that verse before. Boy, it's so important to be that person in the word. Isaiah 55, verse 10 through 11. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may be seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that does go forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper to the thing for which I send it. You know, two interesting stories, right? We read about wind, earthquakes, rocks, and fire. Those are things, if you're in Southern California, you, you know about. Rain and snow, we don't know too much about. But here's what it, here's the example. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and water the earth, the analogy that God uses, remember, he goes back to nature, creator of the ends of the earth. As those things come down, it's like my word that goes forth, and it doesn't return to itself void. I always get the image of a bow and an arrow with an archer, that that bow will hit whatever it's directed at. It hits the target. It's not a boomerang. We're in the hands of a boomerang. A boomerang is thrown, but the boomerang will come back to you if you do it right. The arrow hits its target. In fact, Isaiah goes on and he mentions that about the Lord. He says, so shall it be as my word goes forth out of my mouth. It does not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper to the thing for which I sent it. God initially says right in Genesis 1, in the beginning, it says God created the heavens and the earth. We go back into our Bible at the very end of Revelations. Jesus says, surely I am coming quickly. His words do not return to them void. They are not empty words. He does not use words just to try to encourage us and to move us along the way. His words do not return to itself void. He is a speaking God. He's speaking in that still small voice. As we looked a couple of weeks ago, Jesus, he gave thanks at the tomb of Lazarus because he told the Lord, he says, you always hear my prayers. And I say these things publicly in front of these so that they hear this and they, they know that you hear and answer their prayers. Jesus had to be sent. He had to walk alongside of us. He had to be sinless. He had to overcome those temptation that Adam and Eve and everybody else fell for. He overcame those in the wilderness. He lived that sinless life all the way to the cross to surrender his life. And yet after the cross, on the cross, he wasn't silent. After he rose from the dead, he wasn't silent. In fact, he was using the apostles to write about his words, the events. God is still speaking today through us, through his word, because his word does not return to itself void. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God lasts forever. It's eternal. 
So just because you might feel like you're not hearing God or God is silent, he's not silent. He is speaking in that still small voice. Get yourself up early in the morning or tuck yourself away late at night and get away and turn off all of the distractions and grab your Bible. Begin to read your Bible. Begin to read those words for you because God is not silent. He is speaking. In fact, we come into Christmas time and we notice that he was preparing all of these things for the birth of Jesus, his son, to come. All throughout history, the preparation was underway. It was mentioned in Isaiah. It was talked about in Micah. And yet it came upon the scene when we read in Matthew and Luke. And yet when Jesus was born under the, uh, the really the noses of everyone, the angels came and sang and announced to the shepherds that he had been born. When the star rose in the sky, probably a, a two-year trek by the wise men, they knew that that star was something special. They knew that it would be born the king of the Jews. You know, and I begin to look up and I notice today, even in the, uh, uh, the nation of Israel, you never hear out of them a Messiah. They didn't accept this Messiah. But you don't hear that anymore. You almost wonder if they've kind of cast it off. That that's why they'll fall for an antichrist that brings along peace. But Jesus came, and he came as a baby, right? Innocent, harmless, but he is the son of God. And as John said, he came to take away the sin of the world. And as we've been reading in these last several weeks in Mark 1.15, it says this, Jesus said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. I pray that as you read your Bible and you read the gospels, that you believe in the words of Jesus. And just like that angel said, he was dumbfounded. He's, I stand before the presence of God. And you don't believe these things? Believe the gospel. Father, we thank you today. We pray that your words impact our heart, that we're encouraged today because you hear, always hear our prayers and you are not silent. You are speaking in that still, small voice. There can be distractions all around us, winds and earthquakes and rocks and thunder and lightning, but you're speaking and we're listening today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, at this time, we'll receive our tithes and offerings, and I want to read this very short, simple, profound verse. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, normally, how we tend to live is we live by sight, but we want to live by faith. No, the Apostle Paul is writing these things down, and he says, no, no, we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't go by what we see. We go by what God has said and what God has promised. We walk by faith and not by sight. As we do each and every week, pray this prayer with me. In fact, pray it individually. Pray this as you're the only one praying it from your heart to God. 
Father, as I give in today's offering by faith, I see my God working on my behalf to open doors that have been shut, to open up my mind to new ideas and my heart to new passions. I give today with great expectation for my God to do the impossible. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, we walk by faith and not by sight. If you're giving today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online. It's safe and fast and secure. You can also write to us and give by mail at the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. In fact, we're just ending No Shave November, uh, and so you'll probably notice if you're watching, uh, you're able to notice that I do have uh, a partial beard on myself here. If you're listening to this and you can't see it, you just have to guess what I look like with a beard. Anyways, we've been doing that all month long to raise awareness for Foursquare Missions Press. We encourage everybody to tuck a dollar a day away. And at the end of the November 30th, to give $30 to Foursquare Missions Press, you can do so on our website. There's actually a, a click-down menu. You can give right to uh, us, and we'll get it to Foursquare Missions Press. Or go to their website, foursquaremissionspress.org. You can give to them as well, too. And stay tuned for the month of December as we begin to not only prepare for uh, celebrating Jesus' birth, but several of the events and activities that come place to remember that Jesus was born, to celebrate that he was born, that he came for us. And it's a great time of celebration to remember him. And we will believe in the gospel. Say this with me, Psalm 121, 1 and 2. I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Your help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Lord bless you. Have a great day. We will see you soon. Bye.